0: welcome back to blue royalty a london is blue podcast dedicated to the chelsea women's team i'm your host jesse parker Humphreys. joined today as always by abdullah abdullah how is it going
1: all good tired but it's great and you know champions league is always fun so you always look forward to a champions league night and and this was just yet another one against a, a top quality side so it's always always good to see chelsea playing the top teams
0: You finished your late night watching now for a while, at least as well. (laughs) No more 8 (laughs) o'clock
1: games until the new year, we hope. For for the the rest of the world, It's 8 o'clock games means 12 midnight for me. So I'm kind of glad it's over, so I don't have to worry. And then hopefully by the time the quarterfinals rolls around, I'm pretty sure the time difference changes to an hour earlier for me. So um, if that's the case, then life is good. So I'm happy.
0: And we're also joined today by Sophie Downey, uh, one half of the legendary Girls on the Ball team. Sophie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm also
2: very tired. I think getting <laughs> to today and knowing it's a winter break now, my body has just gone like, you're done. <laughs>
0: you're, you, <laughs> well, you went to Zurich, now. Now. <laughs> no? So I did.
2: Yeah, I've been running on like four hours sleep the last two nights. So um, I was a bit scatty yesterday. So I was quite glad I wasn't actually working the game and just watching it.
0: Always nice when you feel like you can just enjoy it rather than having to think about it. But we are going to think about it here, I guess. So um, we're making you work in the end. Um, Chelsea wrapped up a much more enjoyable Champions League group stage than last year's with a 3-0 win over Paris Saint-Germain. Goals from Sam Kerr and Lauren James ensure that we top the group with more points than any other team and less goals conceded than any other team. We will be going through the final game 2022, looking at how we dealt with PSG's low block. A revitalised Sam Kerr, fit and firing. And uh, Lauren James as well, bringing the smoke at Stamford Bridge. She loves playing on that pitch. Um, but first, as always, we will do a three-word match review, Abdullah. And so if you get thinking, I will hit us with some ones from Twitter while you're figuring it out. Um, Ollie Glanville going with the real deal. Ishan Char Champions League winners. Oof, I feel like <laughs> we're tempting fate a bit there. Clayton going with this team's relentless. New any more James siblings? It'd be nice if we could find some. I think I believe there are more, but I don't don't know how good they are at football. Uh, Julian G going Kers top bins and LG absolutely clinical performance. Abdullah, I can see you have got one ready to go in the script. Let's hear it.
1: You know we come in clutch with, with these things, but I think Kerr's golden boot. You know, was uh, it was a great strike. I mean, after. You know what? What seemed like a passive forty minutes in some ways. Both teams kind of you know going in and out. Then you know PSG going into this into this low block. Sam Kerr with with a with a magic touch and shot and, and just I think it opened up the game and obviously forced PSG into making a couple of changes at, at halftime. So yeah, I think Kerr's golden boot is is, is, is my three word match review.
0: I like that, Sophie. Um, what what are you going with? I will go with LJ runs right because <laughs> I think oh,
2: she did. Nice. <laughs> she was ridiculous last night. Um, just perform that stage. And, you know, the, even before that, there was the save um, that uh, Bhadi made when she turned through the the penalty box. It's like that, you know, she's, she's so young and she's doing that on the biggest stage of all. Like, what?
0: <laughs> I know, she really looked like she was enjoying herself last night. Um, I've gone with Stamford Bridge success because this is the first Champions League game we would played at Stamford Bridge since we played Wolfsburg there and, in 2017. And I went to that game and I remember it just being like one of the most humiliating things I've sat through because they were just so, so much better than us. And to kind of be back at the bridge playing Champions League football and to see how much kind of the team had come on and, and be able to reflect on the past five years, it just felt like a really cool moment, I think, especially after last season's Champions League as well. Feels like we're on the right path and it's nice to see the gals doing it at the bridge too. Um, so we are, of course, talking about the game against PSG that took place yesterday, Thursday 22nd of December in the Women's Champions League at a very Christmassy Stamford Bridge. Lots of pretty lights and Christmas trees. Goals from Sam Kerr in the 42nd minute, Lauren James in the 55th and 62nd minute to give Chelsea a 3-0 win. Interesting team, Sophie, um... When we're looking at the lineup, I think it was pretty much what we expected to see, with the, with the exception maybe of Musovic coming in for Anne Catherine Berger, who I believe hadn't trained kind of earlier in the week. Do you feel like this this lineup that we saw yesterday is kind of what Emma Hayes has settled on as her strongest team, maybe with the goalkeeping exception?
2: Yeah, I mean she's been quite happy to shift it around a bit this season, I think, and kind of bring in those those fringe players. You know, we've seen recently Elena Kankovic, her form, you know, coming into the setup. Um, but I, I think that when I looked at it, that other than Berger, that is her strongest lineup, in my opinion, at the moment. Um, I do think I don't know. Um, Berger has been a bit iffy <laughs> this season, a little bit, um, and maybe that was a chance of, for Musvich to finally sort of really stake her claim. Um, I know uh, Berger is number one, but I do think there has been questions about her, especially in the Champions League this season.
0: Yeah, I feel sorry for Musovic. I feel like every time she comes in, I'm like, this will be her chance to like really show what she can do. And then the games never play out in a way that allows her to, to show, <laughs> show what she can do. Uh, Abdullah, the, the PSG lineup, I just want to touch on this one as well. I know we don't always talk in detail about the opposition lineups, but I felt like this was really interesting because after we talked in our preview episode at length about Kira Hamraoui, of course. <laughs> She didn't start because I guess because Gerard Pressure listens to our previous episodes and, and wants to, to fuck with us. He also wants to fuck with us by playing Lika Martins, who who hasn't started many games either. For me, this was felt like. A more attacking approach, maybe
1: on paper, yes. OK, also it confirms that he listens to the podcast because he wouldn't do exactly <laughs> what we said. We should.
0: Be uh, another celebrity fan. <laughs>
1: yes, this is great for us. Oh, God. No, actually, on paper, it's a very attacking lineup because if you look at it, you played Gioro Francois and, and you played Fazer, not um, not Hamraoui, so you don't have two deep lying hitting midfielders. And for the first 15 minutes or so, I actually thought PSG were playing decently well. I thought they were on the front foot. I thought they were creating chances. They were getting the ball into the front three. And in the minute they decided to kind of sit back a little bit, you could almost see the def- you could see the problem with the setup that they had because it wasn't built for a low block. It was built to go forward. But for whatever reason, they decided we're just going to start going back into a shell when we had the upper hand. So to me, that was very, very confusing. And, you know, missing Ashley Lawrence, who wasn't even in the squad, I'm assuming due to injury, huge miss. I mean lee was wasn't really much of a factor going forward wasn't really great at the backs so was kind of a, a you know a nothing move you know especially in a game like this so yeah i think i think psg sort of missed the trick after the first 15 minutes so yeah it's it was a weird one and when they made the change at halftime which we'll probably get into i think that's when we started seeing a better psg and then we just scored more goals and then they stopped playing
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, as Abdullah hinted out, Backman and Kira Hamraoui came on at half time, but it all kind of felt like it got a little bit, little too late at, at, at that point. Um, Sophie, looking at some of the stats, Chelsea 12 shots to PSG's 11, four on target to their three, 53% possession to 47%. XG as well, 1.6 to 0.4. Is there an element where this game... Is is more a story about Chelsea being clinical as more than you know really outplaying PSG.
2: I think so. I think they managed to break them down. I think, um, as you said before, uh, you know PSG came out quite fast, and I, I really felt those balls into Deany at, at the front. You know, she 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 um tr- troubled the keeper a couple of times. She hit the bar, didn't she? I think, um, but. I do think I, I turned to the person I was sitting next to yesterday, and I was like, "They need to score in this first ten, fifteen minutes, otherwise it will get away from them because that's Chelsea all, all, all over, right? They 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 have the, they're the mentality monsters. They know how to build into games, um, and even if they're not quite their their absolute best, um, they'll find a way, and that's exactly what they did. Um, and I just think they wore them down in the end. Um, and once that first goal came, went in from Sam Kerr. Um I think they could really build on that um going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it, it was a game where it felt like whoever got the first goal was maybe going to going to get that edge over the over the opposition team and for Sam to kind of conjure up that was a, was a big advantage especially just before half time. Um but we're going to take a quick ad break. When we come back we will get into the game in a bit more detail.
3: If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with over 5,000 plus server options. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes the mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30 day money back guarantee. Give it a try. And if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today.
0: thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show just a couple of things to point out we have got lots of delicious, tasty, exciting merch which you can go and buy so you can deck yourself out in all kinds of cool London is Blue stuff uh, the guys are coming over to the UK there's a group trip happening in March Chelsea Women's Game will be part of that actually the weekend they're coming it's scheduled to be Chelsea Brighton but I also recently noticed because I'm running a half marathon that weekend that it's also the Continental Cup final weekend so who knows they could be going to see a cup final instead. Not sure how I'm going to do both, but we will see. Um, as always, rate, subscribe, shout about us. Uh, we've got lots of cool stuff coming up over the winter break just because Chelsea women aren't playing doesn't mean we will stop talking about them. Um, but let's get into... Abdul, I, I want to start by getting talking about PSG because I think the way PSG played really... Um, influenced how Chelsea kind of reacted. And they did kind of come out with this low block, which given the lineup, given what was on the line, you know, PSG were the ones that needed to win by two goals to top the group. This surprised me. What Do you think this was what they were meant to be doing? Or do you think this was them kind of, we know pressure is quite safety first. We talked about that in the preview. Do you think this was them just kind of going back on what they know?
1: Yeah, I think so in a way, but I I don't think this was the way to go. You know, we've seen, okay, we've seen Chelsea against uh, lesser quality teams struggle to break down a low block. But I think when it comes to the big games against the big teams, whatever style they play, Chelsea more often than not have have success against these big teams, right? Because eventually you're going to be able to take advantage of... Uh, whatever inefficiency that this that this top team has now, that front three is not meant for a low block pressing unit. None of the none, none of those three are going to press. They're going to press Chelsea's midfielders, and they're going to press Chelsea defenders. So, in a weird way, it made no sense. Now, maybe, you know, Fazer's inclusion was more about all right, get that bit of energy in there, get a bit of running. You know, if we're going to sit in a low block, we're going to have her and we're going to have Giro make those four pressing in. You know, and kind of make up for um the front three's inability to press as well but it just to me they just felt really passive and if you're going to play a low block you've got to be playing an energetic low block which has the feel of a counter-attack coming there was no threat on the counter for me like Diani was probably their best player uh, and 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 that was when she was able to pick up the ball she was able to do something Baltimore not as effective i think Magda Magda was okay there and then on then Martins kept having to cut inside play in the half space and they were just she was just being crowded out by Millie Bright Aaron Casper and just getting closed down and you know i just felt like they were too slow in transition i think that's the biggest thing no energy too slow and if you're going to play a tactic like this you you need a different lineup and you need and you need to play with a little bit more, uh, a little bit more energy. So, for me, I just thought PSG just got it wrong from the very start. The lineup, the tactic, the combination of the two. You know, you know, play one or the other. Don't mix both. And you know, it's 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 their own downfall. Yes, they stifled Chelsea for 40 minutes, but then again. They, they had that one shot that I think Diani in the 11th minute had against Musevic, where she caught her off guard, and then I think she tipped it off onto the bar. That was probably their best chance in, t- in terms of getting a shot off on goal. So really, I don't know where PSG, and especially with the fact that they didn't have Ashley Lawrence on the right-hand side. And yes, I know, I I, I will say that I thought Karshawi was their best player at left-back. Coming forward, defending, I thought she was really good, but she just got no support. Like There was just nothing there, so... To me, it just felt really weird. It just wasn't, it wasn't a coherent tactical setup from sure and, and and I just felt like he was caught in two minds to, should I be safe and not give away five goals or should I go and attack and give it, you know, make it a like a 4-3 and I just don't think he did either.
0: Yeah, Sophie, Fran Kirby said after the game that she thought it was kind of a, a quite a cagey first 10-15 minutes which I think you could definitely feel which I couldn't really tell if it was just one of those things where both teams were a bit like this game matters without really mattering a huge amount but do you think Because PSG didn't threaten, that kind of allowed Chelsea to relax a bit more into the game to be able to be like, okay, like we can take our time here because you guys are going to take your time.
2: Yeah, I mean, mean, the pressure was on PSG, right? They had to win by two goals. Um, That's why I was super surprised by their their tactics, their lineup, um, and the way that they attacked the game because... For me, they're qualified already. There's no onus on you know qualification. It's not like they needed a draw or needed to keep it tight. They were literally had it in in them to try and go and get the game. And for me, I don't know if I was managing, you'd obviously want to keep it a bit tight at the back, but I'd go all out <laughs> personally. I'm like that. There's you don't lose anything by not going all out. So so why don't you just throw? And I think maybe Chelsea were a little bit surprised by that in in a way um in the first uh, the opening stages they got to grips with the game but they they basically got their number you know by that after 15 minutes they they knew what they had to do Erin Cuthbert was pretty good in the midfield um she was working well um I think Frank Kirby had a brilliant game I you know everyone is talking about LJ quite rightly Lauren James but I I think Frank Kirby was absolutely outstanding the way that she works between the lines and in the spaces and you know there's just like her touch and everything and her vision um for me, she was the best player on the pitch.
0: I I totally agree. I thought Fran was immense. And I watched back a compilation of her today. And it was like every pass was on point. Like everything found the target. And it didn't always like work out. The moves didn't always go great. But it was just always that neat thing, making space, moving, whether it was coming out left or right. And Abdullah, this is something that I thought was quite interesting, especially because you, you touched on Kachawi who who I agree I thought was was good but I think you saw as the game went on she kind of was trying to almost do so much that's when the gaps arose and I thought something that was really interesting was that Aaron Cuthbert kept peeling out to the right to kind of create that that overload right and they were almost banking on like the Leaker wasn't going to track, track back, back. and yeah, maybe yeah. maybe do the work um PSG obviously their mid, you know their midfield is something we really associate them that strength. Do you think that trying to focus on the flanks, bringing Aaron Cuthbert out was was a way of Chelsea being like we're going to try and kind of pull you about, move you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I think especially when you when you know that if you give Giro and then whoever's playing on the right hand side of midfield time and give them the energy to go forward, they'll be able to do something. But I think the way Fazer and Giro were playing and they were trying to peel out against you know against the, the Chelsea fullbacks and the Chelsea half space. Chelsea, what Aaron Cuthbert was doing really well by coming into that side was taking advantage of the space that was vacated by Giro on that left hand side. So when she moved out, suddenly Kershaw is isolated in a one on one, and then when you have LJ coming into the into the half space and creating the overload behind behind her. Um it it becomes very easy for then Chelsea to make those movements. I think it was I don't remember what minute it was in the first half, but that that, that double nutmeg that Aaron Cusper had on the on the right hand side. She thinking nutmeg Kershawi and she nutmeg somebody else, went into the byline and crossed. I think that was the perfect example of exploiting that system. And I don't blame Kershawi. what are you supposed to do when when your midfielder goes away? And I think that is what we talked about in the preview. That's the problem not having that second defensive midfielder in a in a Hamraoui sitting there because if you have two sitting, then it becomes easier for one of the midfielders to come across who's playing deeper than when you have one sitting and one pivot and two going forward. and you know you have those gaps. And again, it makes no sense if they wanted to sit back. You needed to play deeper. but yeah, I thought I thought I thought Aaron had a really good game. She was doing nutmegs and Cruyff turns and and not, you know, just just running around the pitch having fun. It's like, why can't we have more Aaron Cuthbert like this? That was that was fun, you know? I almost felt like... And this is not to discredit Sophie Ingall's contribution in this game. But I felt like she was invisible in a good way. And that Aaron was just running the midfield on her own. Everywhere you go, Aaron Cuthbert just number 22 is running around doing things. And she was like, she was a 1v3 and winning the battle most of the time. So... um I think if there's one one game that we can always look back on and how to dominate a mid, a good midfield, I think this is going to be one of those games because I really thought it was a really good underrated midfield performance last night from Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I think I think you could see maybe Aaron benefiting from having had some more minutes off potentially than than some other Chelsea players. Um, Sophie, before we're going to talk about the goals in a minute, but before we get to to them, something I I want to talk about is is Neve Charles and Neve Charles being used at. At right back um and again i think just because lika martins was playing i was casting my mind back obviously to the champions league final but it just felt like this was a performance from her which really showed how far she's come in in the past year and a half is she chelsea's best fullback right now
2: i think her versatility the fact that she can play on both sides yes um i think that you i think as you say she's really grown into herself um that Champions League final was probably a lesson, a big lesson for her. Um, she, I think she was destroyed, to be honest, on that on that side. But if she's gone away. I think it will have been a blow to her confidence not not going to the Euros as well. So, But I think she's really stepped up. And for me this season, um, she's full of running, full of attacking purpose. But she also is doing the defensive work as well, I think, really well, which um, maybe sometimes she didn't used to do because, you know, when she was younger, she played further forward we didn't always see her in that fallback kind of role. Um, So I think that's a real attribute that she's added to her game in in recent years. Um, And definitely this season is coming to fruition.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think she's someone who's really impressed. And, and I agree. I think the versatility is what's really interesting to be able to genuinely play at left back and right back. There aren't many players who, who can do that. And it, it opens up a role in squads for you, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's England, where you become so much more useful all of a sudden. And I I think it's been, I think what's helped New Charles as well is kind of the solidity of Chelsea's centre-back pairing as it stands and Millie Bright of Kadisha Buchanan. I think something that stood out to me in in this game in particular, was that whenever Neve Charles did miss the tackle, Kadisha Buchanan was always there. And I feel like it gives Neve Charles the confidence to be like, okay, I can go in, I can try stuff. And like, if it doesn't work out, I trust that there's someone behind me. Whereas I feel like in in some of the chaos of Chelsea's defensive performances in the past, you haven't, it's felt like there's a lot of pressure on you as an individual to make sure you get it right. And I think that's something that's been really exciting to see uh, Chelsea develop as a defensive unit. And <laughs> This Champions League group obviously has not been full of exciting attacking teams like PSG on that team. Real Madrid on that team. Vlasnia did get their first goal last night against Real Madrid, but they are certainly not that team. So in some ways, it's felt hard to judge, you know, kind of Chelsea's defensive prowess. We've not always looked great in the WSL, I don't think. Um, but equally, like PSG and Real Madrid are no mugs to like play them four times and only concede once is something that I don't think... Uh, should be overlooked and has been something that's been really interesting to see develop over kind of these these past three months and will hopefully stand us in good stead when we get to March. But the first goal, I think, is kind of what really turns this game on its head. I, it was coming, to be fair, Abdullah, but um, I don't think anyone would have put money on the Sam Kerr left-footed rocket from the edge of the box, given her form recently. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i agree i just i i wasn't expect. i thought you know take a few more touches get it closer to the box you know we'll work from from there maybe a pass out to left nope just turn around look up and go oh yeah, you know, i'll just take a shot boom gone i think kind of maybe shows that um you know that there's 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 a bit of confidence in there and i i think it was just again i think also the fact of it was one of those games where the pressure wasn't on chelsea the per- pressure was all on psg to do something so you could almost just look at each of them go I, we don't have to score. I mean, we we want to win, but we don't have to win, right? And so I think it just took the pressure off needing to score, and I think it just allowed some of the players, like we just talked about Aaron Cuthbert, and I think with Sam, I think it was just it just benefited. So all right, go in, have some fun. And I, th- I think I think she I think she she actually did she took the better of of the two center backs. I thought she did really well. Uh, but I think that 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 shot was exquisite, and I think that's going to give her so much confidence going into the break and then coming up again. Also, I mean, listen. If you're going to score a goal to, to be ready for Arsenal, you score it like that. So uh, I'll take it.
0: Uh, how disappointed were we, Sophie, that um, Sam let Bella down by not doing her backflip, like she promised?
1: Oh, <laughs>
2: I was screaming for the back- backflip. I was like, stamp yeah, Stamford Bridge, you've got to do it. And you score a goal like that, you have to backflip. Um, yeah, uh, just the knee slide. I mean, that's her new thing, isn't it? The knee slide that goes, you know, she goes quite a long way with it. Um, yeah, I was, I was desperate for that backflip. I think you're really right, though. But I also think, you know, those kind of shots, the pressure is off you in a way because it's kind of like just hit it. Whereas I think her finishing in the box at the moment has been, well, before this game has been a bit iffy. Um, you know, a bit haphazard. Um, she's not always, and I guess the onus on the striker in the box is to always hit the target because you know, you're eight yards out and you really shouldn't be missing them. Um, whereas I think if you let let fly from there the pressure is kind of off you and you score a wonderful goal and then you just get that ripple of confidence through you. Um, so I think it will do her the world of good, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I also wonder if she smelled fear a little bit because Elisa Almeida, as much as I love her because I think she's adorable, I don't know if I love her for her centre-back abilities um, and I wonder if Sam just felt like I've got this girl on a string and, and she she basically did. Um, but Abdullah something that stood out to me about Sam's performance aside from the goal which I thought was great, but I felt like she just seemed more confident in general, even before she scored. And I wanted to have a little look um, about how she how she played because to me, it felt a lot like she was dropping deeper to, to get the ball, to to create those overloads in the midfield, to, to kind of overwhelm the, the PSG. And it felt like maybe that, like getting those little touches, there was like a little back heel earlier in the game, which was like fun and sneaky. Gave her that confidence, and interestingly, FBref slash Opta data shows that she had the most touches in the middle third in the away game against PSG, and then this was her fourth most, uh, well, joint third most actually in the season. Fifteen touches in the in the middle third, um, twenty one in the attacking third, and six in the penalty area. So a lot less in the penalty area or the attacking third than she's had in other games. But do you think this is? a coincidence was this a tactic is this something emma's like look if you need to go and get on the ball to make yourself feel better go and do that we trust guru or lauren to get in the in the box or is this what what do you make of it
1: <laughs> yeah no i i think i think i think I, I agree with you i think you're on the right track i think with the i think i think it's more possible for, for Sam Kerr to drop into midfield with this current setup and I think you're right I think I just basically said just go and play the way you want to play I'm almost giving you a free role as the striker because Guru will come in but she's a bit more of a left side left footer will cross in but LJ is pretty much can play as a striker as well so when you play LJ on the right and she comes in she basically becomes the next striker after Sam Kerr, and when you've got Frank Kirby in a deeper midfield role who wants to run in behind and play in nearer to the box, you've essentially got one going, I don't know why I'm pointing my fingers, only you two can see it, but anyway, one coming in off the right and one going deeper through midfield and going late into the box, essentially you have like two players converging in when one is dropping in, so if anything, it's like, all right, just go do what you want and everybody will almost kind of react to the way you move, right? And I think maybe that's the instruction. You move, let them react to you. And because because anyway, Chelsea has been playing with a fluid front three, kind of front four, whatever you want to call it. And I think, I think it's just done Sam world good because the, when we've seen Sam out of confidence before and she's playing on the shoulder, trying to make those curve runs in behind and, and kind of sitting there, she st- strays offside, and the ball doesn't get to her properly. And I think... It's more of a, OK, let's try something new. When you're low on in confidence, instead of you running in and staying in behind, why don't you now come deeper to feel the ball, touch the ball, see where you were at? And I think this game was almost perfect. We could see that PSG were leaving spaces in that defensive, defensive third area for them. You know, the single pivot wasn't really working for them, especially in that first half. So Sam had a lot more space to kind of operate in there. You know, and when you're, when you're drifting into the left-hand side, the right-back, you know, you know, uh, Ming-Wen wasn't, wasn't really good. So you can kind of drift out there, you know, Kashavi's pushing forward. So there was actually, a, there's a lot of space for her to run into, right? So I think for her, it was like the perfect game, but maybe it was deliberate. Like, look, we know this is how they like to play. Then they're going to leave space. Just operate in those in those pockets where you can see this space and just pick up the ball that you'll feel better. You'll have more time on the ball and then you can just play your interchanging football with everybody else and then make the late run so yeah i think i think it was i think it was a good ploy and 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 um, i think it was just the perfect game for it yeah.
0: And, you know, heading into the Christmas break, 10 goals in, in 16 matches played pretty much halfway through the season. And, and we think she's had a slow one so far. So, I mean, she's still kind of on track, even if we, she has a slow next six months to still go over 20 goals. So it's not too bad as strikers go, is it? Um, we're going to take another quick ad break. When we come back, we will talk about Lauren James. Sophie, I'm gonna come to you on on this one first of all. Lauren James' first two goals in the Champions League uh, looked like she had been scoring in this competition at Stamford Bridge for literally her entire life, didn't it?
2: Yeah, it did. She looked right at home. It's where where she was born to be, I think. Um, (laughs) You know, we we we've all known Lauren James's um, talent for a long time now, since you know the Arsenal days and then the United days. Um, And you really feel that the season is like the making of her that where that talent does come into. Real view and everyone is sort of opening their eyes to it properly. Uh, for me, the goals are so important because I love the way that she plays. I love her audacity on the ball. I love her technique. You know, she can run past anyone. Um, her her vision and her the way that she sees the pictures on the pitch is is second to none. But for me, it's always been that productivity that's been a little lagging behind and this season you're starting to see the productivity you know come come through and those two girls will do her the world of good the way that she did them as well you know the second one was such a fantastic team move as well for her to get on the end of that and then just hammer it home um and the first one was pretty special as well so you, you know i think um yeah does her the world of the good and it really starts upping her numbers productivity wise production wise um to actually put her in you know not just Chelsea's thinking full-time, but also England as well, you know, we've got a World Cup around the corner. She needs to start making proper, you know, impact, and she is, but those goals will help massively.
0: Yeah, a World Cup around the corner and potentially a, a space at, at right wing or at least one player who was playing at right wing who might not make it. So there's like lots of opportunity for for James there. Um, I think, Abdullah, what was kind of exciting about these goals, well, all three of the goals actually all kind of come from these, these turnovers in the middle of the pick, pitch, but it's, it's Lauren who it does the interception on the first one. Okay. PSG had tried this exact same stupid playing out from the back move a minute before and almost conceded. So they were like, let's do it again. Um, But I think that's something that's kind of under, it's so Emma Hayes, by the way, to develop a player like this, but it's so underrated about Lauren James is that it's not just about the, the dribbles or the tricks or even, you know, like the shots and the production, it's the tackles, it's the interceptions, it's the tracking back. It's, it's hard work, right? Like she really puts the effort in on the pitch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, and I thought, I thought, I thought Chelsea with the front three that they um, that they had, I thought they pressed really well. I thought, I thought in that in that moment of ten fifteen minutes, especially uh, you know PSG trying to play around and you know like what's her name? Bahadi's weakness since I started watching her four years ago has been her playing out from the back. Her passing isn't great. She's not really good with the ball, whether it's France, Lyon, or PSG now. Yeah, she keeps still trying it. Maybe she's been forced to told you have to do it. But if uh, they are a better goalkeeper, they've got four goalkeepers. Pick somebody else to do the job, right?
0: I mean, but- to be fair, Chelsea have enjoyed Lydia Williams playing
1: out from the back in the <laughs> past too. So I think either way, that one was going to be Chelsea were like <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But uh, no, I just I just thought that this it, I just the way Chelsea was set up, the press was really good and and, and Lauren James kind of just, you know, was was alert, like you said, like the tracking back and I think the one thing we've always said about Lauren James or rather what has been said and the, the perception rather is really good going forward, really talented on the ball but does she have it off the ball and I think slowly we're starting to see that work ethic come in, the work rate, being able to, 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 to track back and cover the spaces. I think... Starting off by just covering the front areas and being able to you know close down gaps, especially like that, that creates turnover and chances. I think is 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 is, is a really good step in the right direction. And I thought, you know, Chelsea just caused their defenders so much uh, so much of issues is because they weren't able to play out from the back as as freely as, as they wanted to. And again, just Chelsea's tactics all over the place.
2: As you say, though, Jesse, it's master in player management from Emma Hayes for me because you know she's given her time. And she made that big signing from United. I know she was injured, but, you know, she's taken a good year, you know, season and a bit to, you know, really get going. Um, And I think if I remember rightly from Casey Stoney's tournament at United, I think it was always the thing about Lauren James. Yes, she was the star player in terms of what she could do on the ball. But it was always that that work rate that she would sometimes go missing when tracking back or trying to press. Um, And I think by giving her the time to get really fit and get properly well again. and build up. I think she looks a lot stronger, and you know, than, than she did before. And she's in the right place to kind of do that extra work that she wasn't before.
0: Yeah, and I think also to think about you know the environment and, and the players she's around. You know, in terms of Penela Harder and Frank Kirby are two incredibly creative attacking players who never ever shirk on all the dirty work as well. Because again, that's what Emma Hayes expects from her players, and you don't you don't play if you don't do that. But I think that's been the the benefit for for Lauren James coming to Chelsea which isn't shade on on United but the nature of the team that United had been building is you didn't necessarily have those kind of older players to learn off in, in the same way because it, it, it has been kind of such a young a young team team growing. Um and definitely the kind of opportunity to bed in and maybe not have some like kind of lower the expectations of her. You know, it's easy to forget that it was a kind of record fee between two WSL clubs. Like there was a lot of money. It's a massive contract. Um and it felt like by the time she came in this season Okay, she's still Lauren James. Everyone's still expecting a lot, but everyone was like, okay, well, the transfer happened a year ago, and then we like we didn't see her. And women's football or football in general is so fickle. Like you disappear for a year, and everyone's like, oh yeah, her. Like she's meant to be really good. Um, but it's really kind of great to see her doing the work, getting the goals, um, and, and being part of the team. And and that second goal as well, right, Sophie, it was like that was a team goal, you know, Magda, Guru, Fran, Lauren, bam, bam, bam. It was quick. And I think this was something that was really exciting. Is it felt like, even though some of this game was sluggish, when Chelsea went fast, like they really, really went fast.
2: Yeah, they, they knew how to sort of stab that dagger, I guess, into the PSG's hearts by just, you know, especially at that point, you know, they're two, what, two goals down. They're already knowing that they've sort of lost this opportunity to to win this game. And then just uh, up the pace so quickly and produce a team goal like that, um, just really sort of hammers it home that you, you're not having the best of nights out there. For me, I think.
0: Yeah, and and the the finish as well, Abdullah. Sophie kind of touched on it, but just she made it look easy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it was just it was just a, it was a master masterclass in, in, in the way she played, and and I, I thought. You know the, the team was building up really, really nicely in that moment, and uh, obviously we talked about the team goal. Everyone's there, but just the way the way she's able to finish, you know, certain moves and, and, and goals. It's, it's it's unbelievable that you know being at this age and being able to do all this now. Like where where are you going to be when you're when you're hitting your athletic prime and when you're hitting your, your 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 mental prime in terms of the intelligence of the game and experience and everything. So. It's, it's scary. It's scary to think that, that, that Chelsea have a type of player that can that can only get better. And, and you know, almost reminds me of, of, um, of like Na- the Neymar hype when he was 17, 18, 19 years old, right? It's, it almost reminds you of that kind of player that, you know, so much promise at that age. You know, when you get older, you're going to be really, really good. And obviously, we see what Neymar is like now. La- Lauren James could be, you know, the women's football's Neymar going forward. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next.
0: Yeah, I mean, Reese already claims she's the best in the world, which I'm not quite <laughs> sure if I agree with. But I reckon she's she's she could get there definitely. <laughs> um, perhaps unsurprisingly, Lauren James did run away with our down of the match poll on Twitter. 81.2 percent of the vote. Um, Sam Kirk coming in second with 14.1 percent. Fran Kerbu with 2.7. Aaron with two percent. But you know we. We like to get the Twitter opinions, but we can have our own as well. Um, I personally was part of the 2.7% who voted for Frank Kirby, uh, as we said earlier, because I just think she just makes this side tick. And I love watching her. As I said earlier, I think everything she did in this game was pretty much perfect. Um, And she just... I just always feel like when she's on the pitch that that she will make something happen, and then I trust that there are other players there to to finish it off. Um, but Sophie, who who are you going with for your Dan of the match?
2: I'm going same as you, Fran Kirby. I just thought I was yes, Fran Kirby you Ultras. Know, the movement, the vision, the execution—it was just pinpoint all match, and she created the spaces for others to work in as well. You know, with the and she does the dirty work, so I, I just thought, yeah. Brilliant.
0: The only thing that I will be intrigued to see in the future, um, and I, I don't know what you two think about this, is but the only thing I thought in the first half was, I wonder what it would look like if Lauren played as the 10 and Fran on the right, because I still kind of feel like maybe that's the right way round. But like, I'm not mad. They all interchange, so it kind of doesn't matter. And like the goals they scored, it will like epitomize that. But just something to think about maybe um Abdullah who are you going for as you're down in the match
1: I'm gonna go for the one area of the pitch we haven't even talked about which is in defense and I'm gonna go Millie Bright because th- to the oh, uh, you're rogue you're, yeah I love I know, it totally rogue I mean your 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 tweet I think Jesse summed it up I saw it like she's played so many games and every game is just solid at the back and Millie Bright has barely missed the game and again another one where you talked about Buchanan covering Neve Charles on the right hand side I I just thought Milly Bright was just covering everywhere, like you know, wherever you go, blocks in, defends, covers the space, protects Magda as well. You know, it's just become like the new leader of this back four. I mean, the leader of the back four, rather, and just it's almost like you just don't notice when there's a, when they keep a clean sheet. You just think, oh, okay, coach has kept on the clean sheet, the back four has done it, but it's it's Milly Bright's at the heart of that. And when she's not playing, you can see the difference. So, you know, in a game like this, when PSG needed to to get on the front foot. And obviously they, they tried to, they didn't, they, they did not change of tactics. But I thought, you know, maybe with somebody, I mean, you know, it, was, it could have been very easily Jess Carter playing in there alongside Buchanan. It could have very easily been that. But no, it could just, just get, seeing Millie Bright in there, I thought I thought it was a really good performance. So yeah, I went with Millie Bright.
0: I'm glad my subtweeting has so much uh, <laughs> effects on you,
1: Abdullah. I will subtweet more often yes,
0: and get you should. into your brain. <laughs> you um... Or is it you or is it
1: Nick? Is it Nick through to you then through to me?
0: Why was it, why would Nick have influenced my
1: subject? Cuz Nick loves Millie Bright. So he does he love Millie Bright. You no, this to write the tweet no, and this, I would
0: yeah, This was all my my Millie Bright tweet was all me. It was all fine, me just so scrolling through lists. And Fine. thinking about them. Um, <laughs> so we will have a quick chat now about just about the match day in general. Some absolutely wild results. Uh, Leon Drew 0-0 with Juventus. Arsenal beat Zurich 9-1. Barcelona won 6-0 against Rosengard. Bayern 2-0 over Benfica. Roma 3-0 over Slavia Prague. Wolfsburg 8-2 over St. Poulton. And Real Madrid 5-1 over Vlasnia. A real... Can't be asked energy from this match day in the Champions League. Uh, So Group A finishes with Chelsea on 16 points, PSG on 10. So those two going through, Real Madrid out on 8 and Vlatsnia on 0. But at least they got that goal. That's always nice. So Champions League quarter finalists, Arsenal, Lyon, Barcelona, Bayern, Wolfsburg, Roma, PSG and Chelsea. We can face Lyon, Bayern or Roma. Who? Abdullah would be the worst team of those three to draw?
1: Uh, I'm not biased. I'm telling you this right now, but I think Leon in three months is a different proposition. Leon are, I, I genuinely think Leon are a striker away from being back to where they were. And if they manage to do that in January by picking somebody up, I really think Leon will be the toughest one of the three. But if you're going on current, current form, it's got to be Bayern. But I think Leon in three months is a, is, a, is a different beast. So I'm going to say... For three months in advance, yeah, I think Leon are going to be the
0: toughest one to get. Sophie, do you feel the same? Is this going to be a different Leon team when
2: March rolls around? I think, especially when you get to knockouts and their experience, they do become a different, you know, beast as well. Um, so they might get more bodies in and stuff like that and, and more players back, but they, they do have that mentality. But I would go by just because I've seen enough from them in this group stage to be pretty scared of them um i think the you know the way that they took on barcelona in that home leg um and the way that they went at them and the sort of tactical side of that game that they they saw that they got one over on, on barcelona i think uh, for me was um yeah quite surprising but also one to be scared of um i actually, i really like i have a real soft spot for roma um i, I wouldn't mind getting them, I think. Um, nice away so day as well. <laughs> yeah, go to Rome for a, for a day. Um, but I, I just think, like, how great is it that, yes, you've got all like the same kind of teams going through, generally, um, but then there's the one that's been in the uh, Champions League for the, the first time get through too, and they've put in some pretty good performances as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping for Rome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely think... I don't know. The the obviously the the best team to draw, and I think you know everyone who finished top of the group would would want to draw is Roma. But they're, they're a team worth taking seriously. They're no mugs, you know, to, to have got here. They they drew with Wolfsburg. Um, they they've caused big teams problems. Yeah,
1: I mean they're here ahead of Juventus, aren't they? I mean Juventus didn't qualify out of their group, so uh, yeah, Roma are no mugs. They're they're, they're ones to, the ones to keep an eye on and. You know, I think I think Italian football in general is just getting better year on year and I think I think teams like Roma, Milan, Inter uh, and obviously Juve themselves are like, just getting better attracting more talent. So uh, you know there's a couple of decent players in there. Um, you know, Gigliano being one of them I think is is really, really good at Roma so uh, yeah no no nothing to nothing to be to be shy about but um, I, I, it would be a fun fun to actually be a fun game. I think just because they would have nothing to lose they'd know that they'd be on the back foot. So I think they would they would have some fun and, and maybe just try and go and attack the game and and you know make a make it the best that they can. It I says, also think so,
2: to like this, sorry this season I think that um, uh, both English sides have seemed to get the number of of the French sides, and I know Lyon beat Arsenal. But it was a really scrappy game and there was kind of extenuating circumstances to that. I mean, the goal shouldn't have counted first off. They didn't really trouble Arsenal all, all that much, to be honest, um, uh, I, I didn't think. So I, I do feel that the both English teams will look at, you know, uh, well, obviously Arsenal can't get Lyon, but a, a draw with a French team and go, you know, actually, we've proven ourselves against a French team already this season. Um, we, well, ask, say take Arsenal, they destroyed Lyon. Um and yesterday Chelsea destroyed PSG. so you you know I, I think there's some some there'll be a lot of confidence in both sides that if they get handed a, a draw with a French team that they could take them especially over two legs.
0: Yeah, and I think even with Leon it's it's easy. Chelsea haven't played them in a while, but you know there have been times in the past where Chelsea have pushed a Leon team who were much better than this current Leon team you know, to to the edge. Um, and I feel like all three of these, I mean, one, I was going to say, it just says so much about the strength of European women's football that I really feel like whether you finished first or second, like the level of team you still have to play is absolutely bonkers. Um, but equally, I don't think Chelsea should fear any team in the competition, really, although I say that whilst feeling sick in my mouth at the thought of playing Barcelona-Wolfsburg, but I don't think the Chelsea players should feel like that um, because... They've got the experience and quality, I think, to push you know the very best uh, all the way. I obviously am a big believer in the draw should be done on where Jesse wants to go on holiday. <laughs> so I've already been to Leon this season. So we will go a, a Rome away day. Very keen for that, but I wouldn't mind Munich as well. That would be nice too. I mean... Either good pizza or good beer. I mean, yep.
1: if you want to give me an anxiety attack for, for two weeks, then sure, play Leon versus Chelsea, because I don't think I could survive the <laughs> tension and the drama.
0: That would also be funny. It's a win-win where, wherever we go. And I did like Leon when I went.
1: <laughs> it is, but then I just, every pot, every match, every match, I'm just going to be like this. And then I'm just, in every pod, I'm just going to, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just be anxious for two weeks. Not good for my health.
2: For me I'm just so glad that they can't get Wolfsburg because I mean that's pretty much nailed on every year it seems and I've had too too many experiences in Wolfsburg (laughs) bad experiences in Wolfsburg to want to go back there ever again.
0: Nobody wants to go to Wolfsburg nobody um uh, and it's all part of my dream anyway I'm sure I've said this before but I want us to beat Barcelona in the semi-finals and then Wolfsburg in the final to like for all the fun. And then no one has to go to Wolfsburg because we'll do it in my <laughs> um, So it's still on the cards, guys. I'm manifesting it. Uh, the draw is taking place in February. Games are taking place in March. Uh, Chelsea kind of weirdly announced, but I think everyone knew that, that, that we're going to play the quarterfinal at Stamford Bridge. Um, it was a really weird announcement, but kind of made me laugh. Like it was like a secret, but it also wasn't. Uh, but that will wrap us up for today. Sophie, where can everybody find you if they don't already know because you're quite famous?
2: <laughs> no, not really. Um, but Girls and Ball on Twitter, Instagram, and we also have TikTok. So, oh,
0: love that. I'm really down with the kids. Very impressive. Um, we are obviously wrapping up for the year for, for Chelsea we're not playing again now to to Arsenal, Arsenal on the 15th of January but that doesn't mean that me and Abdullah are going anywhere there are some fun things to look out for over the Christmas break a uh, bit of a year review maybe some mid-season ratings look at our rivals perhaps even a WSL draft so um, plenty of reasons to still keep finding us in your podcast feed um, but until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying right